Do you want the chance to win a two-night stay in a luxury holiday home in the Lake District? Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Like-Minded Podcast. This is our first episode of the podcast and it's made by Like-Minded Productions. Now, can I just say one thing as well for, for people listening? Because, you know, when you hear someone's voice, you get an idea of what they look like in, in your head. Now, although Caitlin sounds like she is an old hag, she is, she is, she is in fact quite young. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And whereas I sound quite young, young. I am in an fact old an old so hag. There yeah. you go. Right. As far as we're concerned, there's never been a better time to launch a podcast about... Uh, theatre and public performance and over the next few episodes we'll be interviewing a number of people from local theatre groups, um, public performance and really we're here to inspire and um, reflect what's happening with, within the industry. Now my name is Bob Towers, I'm a writer, actor, uh, poet and like-minded productions put me on stage four years ago and they've <laughs> held on to me ever since and that's why they've invited me to co-host this podcast with uh caitlin bradley caitlin. hello yes my name is caitlin bradley um so i'm an actor slash director um i graduated from liverpool theater school two years ago um yeah really? i'm from blackpool yeah two years two ago two years ago mm-hmm. oh my god i think so yeah, 2018. Yeah, two years ago. Um, yeah, so I'm from Blackpool, but I've lived in Liverpool for six years and I've only recently just moved home um, to save money. But yeah, that's a bit about me. <laughs> and your oh association God. with Like-Minded Productions? Oh yeah, so um, my association with Like-Minded Productions, they they actually, I'm just rubbish at words. Um, my first debut play on stage was Life After Life, which was written by Ashley Alley, um, a play which you were in, Bob yes, Towers. Yes, <laughs> yes, and we said we would never work never, together, ever, but ever. how times change. I know, I feel like you're a um, different you, But you've also directed as well. I did, yeah, last year. Um, Chris gave me his baby, not literally. But <laughs> 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 his wow. baby play. That's the quote for the, that's that's going to be the name of this episode. Oh, please don't, I might <laughs> get killed by people. Um, yeah, so One-Sided Love. Chris wrote One-Sided Love, Um and yeah, he said, he offered it to me. He was like, because I partly directed Life After Life um, mm, mm-hmm. that we were in at the second like act. So yeah, he said, do you want to do it? And I was like, do you know what? And this is my big thing in life at the minute. What What if? Why not? Yeah, Why yeah, not? Yeah. What? What's the worst that can happen? That, it, that it's shit? Like, fair enough. Probably was. Might be. <laughs> no, it was brilliant. Oh, thanks. I'm kind of biased though. You so. have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and let's introduce Andrew, yeah. the third person in the room, our producer, tech guy, and, and person who does everything. everything. Yeah. Welcome, would... Andrew. Thank Hi. you, Bob. Uh, I'll be in the background for most of these, so this will probably be the only time you ever hear me. Oh. Well, the, oh. the good thing about you, Andrew, is not only do you set up all the techie equipment and the microphones and that, but most importantly, you make sure that Caitlin's <laughs> whims are provided for. Um, so thanks very much for bringing in the tulips for her dressing room. Not a problem. To sort out the M&Ms, the blue M&Ms. Blue M&Ms only, <laughs> Because... Yeah. The rider is very extensive every time. Even on the productions, I mean, life after life, I've never worked with such a diva. No, <laughs> it's no. true what they say about gingers as well. It is. What's that? It, you know. Gingers. Ginger. 
<laughs> you just wanted to add that in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Andrew, like uh, like Minded Productions would not be like Minded Productions without you, because I'm sure you get 20 million emails off of Chris Woodward every day. Yeah, he's probably trying to phone me now right actually because my phone's buzzing. <laughs> so it, yeah, it probably is. His ears are burning. But yeah, yeah um, you are the producer, the Editor, website yeah. person. You are just everything, aren't you? Yeah, I'm the guy who you probably see me running around before the shows. Sweating, stressing, just trying to finish, make sure everything's in the spot that it's meant to be in. I feel like you bring us down to earth as well, because Chris is like, yeah, we're going to have this and we're going to do that. And you're like, no, we're not. We can do it. Let's let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so. I try to keep him grounded. He's probably the the biggest thing I've got to produce. (laughs) (laughs) Everything everything else is fine, but I've got to just, you know. Give him his uh, his Valium for his heart. Well, we we are sure a multifaceted right. team, and we have we a number of roles to uh, to produce yeah. and in in this. And uh, yours is yours is essential. Mm-hmm. I think then um, what we're going to do over the next few weeks is grab in people that we know that we've seen that are within the performing arts on Merseyside or in the Northwest generally. Mm-hmm. And I think really what we want to do is focus on people who are doing something different, to being uh, doing something innovative, and really to concentrate on what motivates them, mm-hmm. what inspires them, where they get their ideas from, particularly because we want to say to other people who are looking to get into the arts, you can do it. You can do because, it. Because, my God, if we can do it, Anybody, Anybody can, can. <laughs> and that's the secret. Yeah. But also, um, with yourself here, uh, Andrew, as well, is about all the roles that there is within theatre and within production because a lot of times people just see the actors on the stage, but yeah. there's all those kind of um, um, people functions behind, yeah. that, that, that go on, you know. Yeah, it's from, not just about yeah. actors. Right. Yeah. Um, what I want us to do is move on to our guests now okay. because we were talking a little bit earlier about um, the effects of the pandemic on the performing arts. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring along someone um, who's very much kind of knowledgeable on, on, on that area. And his name is David Smith. And Dave, uh, David is from uh, Adlib Audio and is very much involved in the, um, the, the um, Red Alert, uh, Saving Our Venues, all that. So, uh, David, welcome. Hello. <laughs> David, would you uh, would like to tell us a little bit about yourself, about how you got involved in the performing arts and what, what you're doing at the moment? Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I've always, probably since I was about 14 years old, I always wanted to be part of it in some way. And it's probably actually when I was about 14, I decided that, like, the technical side was going to mm. be my way in. Um, and I just started volunteering around little venues around Liverpool. Uh, started volunteering with theatre companies. Um, so first, uh, first show I ever designed for was uh, uh, Bat Boy the Musical <laughs> with uh, with what we did next theatre company, which a yes. musical theatre yeah. company based in Liverpool. Um, I worked with them for a couple of years doing bits, and this was what kind of while, while I was doing my A levels. Mm. Um, I well, was what designing was your role in that? Uh, so I was the lighting designer for that uh, and operator and programmed it all kind of stuff. Uh, and I kind of just really got the bug, I think, with it. Um, and then, yeah, followed it on. I then went to study theatre and performance technology at Lipper mm. in the city, um, which is an amazing place. Uh, and the people I met there, um, 
but my uh, so I was trained in theatre and live events but the live event side was always kind of where I wanted to go mm. um, so yeah even taking a step back from Lipper uh, from when I was in primary school I don't I don't even know you still do work experience now mm. uh, but I went and did work experience at, at the Bordio um, who we provide uh, sound lighting video rigging everything really to do anything from a small kind of gig in a pub to full stadium arena tours um, all across the world um yeah so and then uh, once i left uni um three years ago i think now um, oh my god you're just a boy i know just a boy <laughs> just a boy yeah um i went and uh, started full-time with adlib uh as, well, c- as can engineer. you tell me because there'll be people listening to this podcast that have no idea about the kind of behind the scenes jobs um, tell me about the kind of careers that are back, you know, backstage, behind scenes uh, that, uh, that well, we call it. <laughs> and also, what you know, the hours, the contract. Mm. Tell us a little bit about the details um, of that. Yeah, well, I, I could try and name every single <laughs> job, but um, I think the key thing that we're on at the moment that it takes four hundred, around four hundred people to get an arena show going. Um, but personally, what I am, I'm a lighting engineer, programmer, operator, and a designer. Um, so my world's all within the lighting. Um, so yeah, I think the long days, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, long days. Um, so for a t- standard arena day, you're looking at 6 a.m. wake up. Uh, we chalk the floor and then the trucks tip. Because um, I guess a lot of people don't even realise with most arenas, um, large venues, there's no kit there, there's no equipment. It's an right. empty, it's a blank space right. for us to come mm-hmm. in. Um, so yeah, we all the trucks get tipped. It all gets put up in the air. Um, we test it all. Normally go for a nap in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but then, people like Caitlin, who are performers, just turn up with ten minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you guys have been there since six o'clock in the morning. But, that, yeah. but that's the thing, really. Um, none of us really who who are technicians are the kind of creators. We don't we don't want to be on that stage. Mm. We're mm. Our, our, we live to kind of just put it in, get it done, and we like the whole thing. Um, there's obviously been a lot on Facebook at the moment with everything that's happening. Uh, I saw a great thing of um, uh, oh, it's completely gone there. Uh, <laughs> you know, fiddling around with that I iPhone. Waffled. Sorry, uh, two minutes of mine. Well, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but it's um, like what we're doing is we're creating memories for people. That's yeah, where yeah, I was getting yeah, there. Amazing. Um, like, you know people come you know when when you book a ticket to go to an arena show um you spend that whole you know could be months could be weeks waiting to go and see your favorite artist your favorite comedian whatever it is and you turn up you know you're in work that day you're getting excited you know you finish work about you know five o'clock you go for a couple beers a couple drinks Mm. maybe some food then you get to the arena we've obviously been there we've set it up for you Mm. it's ready for you to just come and release everything just experience live music live theater whatever it whatever it is like there's no better feeling that i get as an engineer and i get to do it every night um is when like you know the house lights go down and yeah. there's that is that second of going yeah. this is because it for us obviously we, we we see it every night you know we know the script all that kind of stuff um but it still doesn't get old the minute those lights get really? down you get the shivers you you know my thing as well when I'm an operator and programming, so I'm out front ready to start the show. 
if I don't get nervous, I know yeah. I know I'm not on, yeah. I'm not going to be yeah. on the ball. Like yeah, I still need to get yeah. nervous. Um, but yeah, there's nothing better. And the thing is, you know that you know once the you know the gig's finished, you know lights come back up, you know you're you're going home. That's a memory for you. But then we'll tear that hole down mm. and go to the next city and make more memories. And I think that's the whole thing with it, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. if you if you've um, started at six o'clock, mm. what time are you then finishing? Uh, obviously it varies on what size of gig we're doing and stuff but so say if you're in an, in an arena an arena kind of you're probably looking at like you know once you've had a shower and a quick beer um, probably about we're finishing about 2am 3am wow and then days. you know and then obviously the glamorous thing of you know people think these you know tour buses are amazing because <laughs> I used to think that um, but realistically you're in a six foot coffin going down a motorway <laughs> so you know you're not you know a bit of sleep but that's the thing like you know we don't do it for you know the money we don't do it because you wouldn't pick this job you know like no, we've all got we've all got friends yeah. and family um you know you spend i spend pr- probably i don't know 80 percent of the year away when we're in normal really? setting you know really that much touring and stuff um and i love it and it is horrible you know you miss you miss family parties you miss your friends your engagements you know you miss everything I can see that as Andrew's looking at me. Like, <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you have got a wedding to go to next year. I, well, I don't live with him anymore, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, no, no. no you, you weren't expecting that way. You weren't. Well, I've spent the last, like, 25 years with him, so I'm kind of used to him. I won't forget what he looks like, put it like that. Yeah. Could, can so. you tell us a little bit about um, the type of um, employment that there is? Because we hear that... A lot of people are self-employed. Very few are on kind of a, a yeah. permanent contracts. What, what, yeah, so like I'm, I'm in, I'm full time uh, I'm a full-time employee on a contract, um, but it's it's around over seventy-two percent of the live events industry is freelance. Right. Um, just because it's the nature of how it all works. Yeah, well, that know. that means that people need an event or they don't get paid, and that that's the, yeah, the situation yeah, we're in y- now. And for a lot of freelancers they kind of have to get like a you know they're working back to back especially through the summer season which you know when you record this we are we're coming we're, we're still bang in the middle of festival mm-hmm. season yeah. and most companies and freelancers you make around 50% of your yearly income over festival season because really? it's just back to back it's the main main time of the year for us um, to be in muddy fields <laughs> and all that but yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. what was your favourite tour and why? <laughs> uh, you know, that's the, that's the number one question. Uh, there was something on the radio the other day where they were saying, um, what's the question you always get asked in your work? <laughs> and it is always that. What's your favourite gig, favourite tour? Um, I don't know, like, probably the, the one uh, most recently being the favourite is the, the I work a lot with Jerry Cinnamon. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so I've worked for them for about three years, and we've gone from really kind. Of, we went from like academy shows, um, and it just blew up because um, a lot of people don't know him, but a, but then a lot of people really know him. Um, <laughs> but w- what made that special for you? Though? I think it made it special because like it was probably one of the one of the first tours where um, it kind of became like my kind of client kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. um, I really love working with, so I worked very closely with. Pete Hutchinson, who's the lighting designer for Jerry and the production manager, and we, like I say, we worked together for probably three, four years now, and we've kind of like, and this, it's just grown from being like a small academy show, 
into them. We've done full blown arenas. Like this year was meant to be absolutely insane. Mm. Um, we'd sold out um, Hamden Park up in Scotland. Wow. There's going to be the, uh, the one of the largest outdoor shows in Scotland mm. ever. Um, and it's just really exciting to be part of something when it's growing and we're starting to make what the show is going to look like. Um, and it's a really great team of people we work with. Yeah, like, there's, yeah. I, I guess that's the other thing. You know, everyone I work with, I don't think I'd refer to them as colleagues. Like, they're all friends, they're all mates. We get on because we spend so much time yeah. together. You know, it's yeah. that kind of you know, cliche thing of going, you know, they're not my colleagues, they're my family. But they realistically, when we're away for months on end, yeah. then they we do become a family. You know, yeah. Yeah. we we sleep, we drink together, yeah. everything. You know, we work together. I was weird that I put drink before work. <laughs> <laughs> We don't just know, yeah. the way it goes. just back to this cinnamon show, didn't you have to make something to go over all the electrical equipment? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So it's quite a beery gig. <laughs> um, is is Jerry gig? Um, if you've ever been or seen them, it's a very flary, beery yeah show. So yeah, I spend I, I'm out front with Pete during the show, um, and obviously our lighting consoles, sound desks, video mixers, they're all very expensive. Right. Uh, <laughs> And audiences don't realise that, I guess, when they're throwing their £8 pint oh <laughs> across an God. arena. Okay, um, so tell me this. People are throwing ale at the stage at this point. Stage, everywhere, each right. other, us. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we've had to. Uh, we've manufactured a load of acrylic covers now for our consoles. <laughs> wow. So it's kind of like, 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 I think the next step would be to be like full surgical vacuum unit <laughs> where you just put your hands in to use it. Wow. But, yeah, like I, I just started wearing shorts and t Well, I say start wearing, but only wearing shorts and T-shirts at front of house because I'd be drenched by the end of the show. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know, it's that saying: if it's cold, it's all right. I want to explore the the stuff with you about um, uh, the coming back of live uh, live events. Um, mm -hmm. You were before we we started the podcast. You were telling me something about. Um, the profitability of kind of making you know ma making ends yeah. meet when when you run an, yeah. a, a live event. What's what's your views on that? What's, um, what's so a lot of data has been released by Plaza, um, who are forming the We Make Events campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Plaza is Professional Lights and Sound Association, um, and they're doing amazing things. But some of the stats that they've kind of released now really kind of hit home to what with all this kind of reopening and stuff. Um, so the Royal Albert Hall so once we get to 1.5 metre uh, yes. social distancing yeah. uh, with 1.5 metre social distance, the Albert Hall will only be at 30% capacity right um, it takes I think it's 60% six, 65% uh, mm -hmm. I think it was yeah, um, for the venue to break even alone Right. You know, because then you're talking security, caterers, yeah. cleaners, yeah. And, and that's everything. without the cost of the artist. That's without the artist, and that's right. then without production. So yeah. then it's a further. It needs to be at eighty percent capacity for the promoter to make money just... and to to break even. That is mm. because mm. a lot of these kind of large scale shows, arena shows, they need to be sold out houses to make yes to, to make, make money any, yeah. and, and sold out night after night in yeah. some occasions. Yeah, and yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of tours that go around that are only just making it mm. um because it is there's so many overheads you know and like we all know we've all been to arena shows we've all been to theater shows and you know you look at the ticket price and you have to kind of weigh it up but the level like the, the cost of the venue the crew like i say there could be you know there's 400 people working for that show that's obviously office staff manufacturers yeah. the supply chain mm -hmm. yeah um 
but there could be a hundred and fifty plus people touring yes. with that yeah. moving yeah. it around, you know, and it's it's expensive to do it. Um But yeah. look looking at like our theatres locally then, um let me put this scenario to you that the virus is with us for uh, for at least the, the next two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we get back to opening theatres, it's likely that they're talking about having like 30% ca um, mm. ca capacity. Um, now, if we're putting on a, a theatre show, we need to be filling out that that that, um, that that show at least one night yeah. uh, to break even and then maybe, maybe a second night and a third night when we're looking at our profits. Now, if that's not, not feasible, What's going to happen to the, to the performing arts industry then? Oh, it's difficult, and it really because you know we as creatives and people within it, you know, we're all doing it for the love of it. Mm -hmm. But realistically, doing it for the love of it isn't going to pay mortgages, isn't going to no. pay bills, Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's been a lot of moving forward in streaming and mm. things like that. Um, but there's still obviously that like I think we were discussing earlier, you know, artists don't make money selling music anymore. Yes. They have to be yes. out on the road. They have to be yes. doing these big shows and again, making a memory because it's making those memories that mm. ends up making essentially making the money. Um but yeah, there's there's you know, there's avenues we can go down. A lot of theatres are saying they are gonna look into streaming. Like I, I know when we first went on to lockdown, the was it the National Theatre when they yes. start releasing all That's their right. NT live yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm. Like amazing stuff. But realistically, in my opinion, nothing you know, you can you can watch a theatre show at home or you can watch a film, you can watch a live game, you know, there's all the Glastonbury stuff you can yeah. rewatch. Yeah. yeah. It's never gonna replicate no. No, definitely being not. in being in the it, there and so and i think the thing is like a lot of m my friends and uh like colleagues in the industry you know we all absolutely love what we do and you know we can't wait to be back but we want it to be safe for us and safe for everyone who's coming yes, yeah. you know yeah. we're, we're not turning around and saying we want to be back now it's not fair that we can't do gigs because you know that's not the world we live in yeah. now you know mm -hmm. it, you know every everything's got to be safe before yeah. we go back yeah so uh, with your question, yeah, that there are options, the stream and like you say, the Zoom stuff you yeah. guys have been doing. Mm. But personally for me, I just don't think until we can get there, you know, until it's safe, it's 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 still like a really hairy time, like in that, you know. It is. And I really, is. you know, you know, mm. really wish that there would be like, you know, the magic switch, like you know, we'll put theatre on, we'll stream it, we'll do live stuff, and mm. it will make the same money and. Which it won't, but I for me it's more like the experience of it, you know, yeah, like yeah. to be there kind yeah. of thing. And do you want to talk about the uh, lights go red event? Oh, like light you it did. red, yeah. Light, is it red? yeah, yeah. So uh, light it red was uh, part of the we make events campaign yeah. um, again from Plaza, uh, and it was kind of just um, it's, it's it's been a worrying time for everything for all sectors for all industry, but we as a sector were the first to finish. And we're going to be the last to go back you mm. know it was yeah. a light switch yes. going off yeah. for us um like for me when when the light switch went off i was on tour i was four days into a new tour uh, really? and we just uh i'd woke up in belfast arena got up um was about to go chalk the floor for all the points and stuff and the production manager came out and was like 
probably just go for breakfast, which that never happens. <laughs> it's never just, it's oh, never just, no. just go for breakfast. You knew something was wrong then, yeah. Um, and that's when, yeah, we kind of got told the tour's being pulled uh, for the fact that the artists had already, they were an American artist, they'd already flown back to America because wow. it's when Donald Trump had kind of turned around and gone, we're shutting the borders and everything. So mm, they just yeah. obviously were like, we need to get home. So then that was that was the light switch off um, in, uh, I think that was the end of February. February yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Plaza kind of got together with a load of the like major companies, major freelancers, and, well, and representing all of us in the events um, to kind of just go with furlough finishing, you know, the next two months and the end of October, isn't it? Um, yeah. With all that kind of happening, so many firms, so many people aren't going to be able to survive. Um, yeah. And kind of what we're saying is, you know, like the government turned around and they said, we'll support you. No one's going to get left by the wayside with all this. You know, we will support you. The, you know, there's been many times mm. you know, you've heard the mm. government saying that. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously now they've turned around and now we can do small events. They've said, you know, theatre's allowed again now. Live events are allowed. Um, but obviously it's not enough for us all to get back work. And so... Yeah, the We Make Events campaign was is just kind of our plight to the government going, we really need help now. You know, we spend, our job is to be in the shadows, our job is yes. to be invisible. Yeah. You know, if you see us, something's gone wrong. Yeah. You know, you only hear about us when something goes wrong. Mm. You know, you go mm. to a gig and go, oh, that sounded awful, or didn't see them, or, you know, the video wall wasn't working, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, like the, the, there's some really scary stats. Like it's a it's a hundred it's a hundred billion pounds the live event sector brings into the UK economy every year. It's massive. Yeah, yeah it's it's huge. We were the we were the um, the fastest growing industry mm -hmm. um, in 2017. Um, so we bring in so much, and it's not just bringing money in. Like I say, it's it's the experiences. It's you know all this like yeah because yeah. you know society's not anything without the culture well, it, and exactly all that kind because of stuff. you know what would it be like if a, a society without culture yeah well exactly and um but yeah so uh the light red event happened a couple of weeks ago mm. um there's over 700 uh yeah, i think it's over 700 event spaces venues companies lighting up their buildings lighting up their vehicles lighting them all up in yeah. red yeah. Yeah. to kind of just say look we are here you know there's over 600,000 people who work in the live event sector mm -hmm. in the UK and uh, the, like the stats of what's going to be happening over the summer like I know for the fact the firm that I work for for Adlib, um, we, the, we the, well we're looking at a potential one third I think 30% of the company being made redundant really Quite. imminently uh, yeah in the next next mm. couple of weeks really without without the furlough scheme because you know they're saying uh, it's around 70, well, most companies are losing 70% to 100% of their income for the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't take yeah. a mathematician to realise yeah. if a company doesn't make any 100% of their income for a year, it's just not going to survive. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not an endless pot of money around. And, you know, really what we need, what the whole We Make Events thing is for, is just going, you know, realistically, we need furlough extended. Mm -hmm. We need grants, not loans. For yeah. the companies, yes, yes. And, and more importantly, I think is just the support for the the self-employed, 
because they're the ones that are really, really struggling. Yes, and, and know, they're the ones who miss out most in, yeah. in terms of those and um, support. A lot of it as well is being worried about the skill gap that will mm. come about. A lot of people in the industry have you know, been to uni or they've trained for years because yeah. you know, uni's definitely not the option always to mm. go into. It's the way I went, but it's realistically it's not the option to, not the best option to get into the industry. Totally. Um, like Adlib alone, we, when we take on someone new, um, even if they've come from uni, it normally takes us around three to five years to get them trained yes. how we do yeah. it and like mm. the kind of the ad lib way of how we put on gigs. So it's about three to five years before they're out on the road. Mm. So it's a lot of time, it's mm. a lot of skill sets and there's a big worry that these people are gonna leave the you know, have to leave the industry, you know, working in shops, you know, all that kind of stuff or just have to go because they've got to support their families. Mm. And we're going to lose those people because by the time we actually go back, it's going it's going to be a major risk for yeah. them. To, Where are the people? Yeah, when, yeah. When so, we you do know, go yeah, back, you know, it's yeah. going to be a major risk for them. You know, coming back to it, and you mm. know, there's also the thing of you know they might then get this new life of you know what I get to see my kids every night. You know, yeah, I get to see yeah. my family. Yeah. So I can it. do everything. You know, I'm yeah. not <laughs> I'm not sleeping in a coffin <laughs> going down the M6. Side point: whoever made rumble strips on roads. They never thought of us. <laughs> they really didn't think of us. I, I think, though, Caitlin, I, I, tell me your view on, on this, because I think that there's two things here. There's the mm -hmm. physical kind of, um, we can't go back because there's a virus and, mm. and whatever. Yeah. Um, but then there's a kind of psychological thing because we've, been, we've not been in crowds for a long time now. No. And that has had an impact on people's psyche. Yeah, and people yeah. do get freaked out when they're with a crowd, no, when they're in a crowd. And I think um, if if we said, OK, uh, venues are open tomorrow, mm -hmm. um, would you go? Because you think that, well, hang on a sec, how safe is it? Yeah, and exactly. really, if I'm if I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder by uh, someone and they suddenly sneeze or cough, yeah. I'm going to be freaking out. Um, now, especially the kind of gigs you go to where you're in the mosh pit and you're jumping <laughs> Sorry, up and down what? and like sweating. And, <laughs> and, and you're painting <laughs> such a bad picture <laughs> of me know. and Ian. We all know, we all know. Oh, wow, thanks, Bob. But, no, but I completely you, you see what where I mean? you're from. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it is a nerve-wracking time, isn't it? Um, you, I'm you, probably no I wouldn't go to I'd definitely go to theatres and that's the thing that's really annoying me you can go sit in the pub with no face mask on right don't get me started <laughs> yeah, yeah. and sit and drink whatever till whatever time and then you can't go and watch a show which will be like further away from you and sitting in responsible seats with a face mask on yeah. and yet you're not allowed to do it Yes. I just think it's stupid. Well, um, when you think about it, if you're on an aeroplane, you are sitting closer. Well, even closer, that, yeah. You know, that, uh, but you're allowed to go away. Yeah. But you can't do that with, with, it all, with it, the theatres. It all comes back to the um, the businesses so that are running the theatres not making any money from having a third of the seats full. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and, you, that, and that's the viability issue that, that yeah. David was talking about. Yeah. I think, though, uh, David, from, from what you're saying, though, um, there's going to be some kind of hibernation uh, where you know you, we, we're just not able to do some some stuff at, at the moment. But then there will be people who are doing kind of things online, doing things in in a different way. Um, there's the socially distanced stuff that's going on. So I, I, I think that this will affect yeah. us kind of long term. Of, of yeah, definitely. What it's going to look know, like. like it's trial and error in at the moment like it it's difficult there's so much like you know there's been like 
potential driving gigs and mm. stream and stuff mm. and now there are like some socially distanced like gigs and concerts happening and i think we've just got to it's a it's a way it's a new way of thinking isn't it like mm. we've got to rethink the whole way we work and stuff and kind of jump through the hoops and stuff because this it's not going to last forever yeah you know eventually yeah. eventually we'll be back you know there'll be we'll all be back festivals gigs theater it'll all it will come back but yeah, it's just, it's just finding like the magical kind of, I don't know, like recipe into yeah. how we do it at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and it's the bridges between now mm. and then. As, as and well. again, like it's a sad thing because it comes back to money because like yeah. it's it's the balancing act because you know, like as much as we all want to be out there doing it, you can't be doing it for free. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like you know, you know, you end up in a worse position kind of thing. I think, but it, it falls a long way down down the slope as well because I know Adlib makes a lot of their own equipment mm-hmm. but these big companies like Adlib have to go and buy like yeah, they yeah. have to go and buy sound equipment yeah yeah spend sound, like, how yeah, much everything. did Adlib yeah. spend you know um, I can't even think of how much we spend a year because obviously in the technology advances every year mm-hmm. you know so we always have to buy the new kit and all stuff to keep keep ourselves in the mix and make sure that we're we're the you know the best solution for you know clients for promoters production companies that come to us um yeah so it, it like yeah it's not just like the gigs that are in like red alert at the moment it's also like the whole supply chain yeah mm. and that's massive and a lot of it is in built in the uk a lot of it comes across you know, we, have a, we buy a lot of, a lot of equipment comes from germany things mm-hmm. like that don't start on brexit I'm not, no, no, definitely don't are, start like, on Brexit. Oh, well, that was. Uh, I've got a lot to say on that. As no, well, no, no, that's another that episode. That's another, yeah, that's I'll come back to that one. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, won't shame our current government for their misdeeds <laughs> yeah, in the past okay. couple of years. Moving on, moving yeah. on. But yeah, so like you know, yeah, it's a full supply chain, um, and they're all at risk. A lot of the companies they're still kind of keeping their R and D co- like departments in. They're still kind of creating and developing new stuff because again they can't let it fall by the wayside um yeah I, just, <laughs> okay let, let's finish on this then what would your message be to people who are in the kind of backstage of performing arts uh, and, and live events what what's your message of hope for them um i think you know uh well it's it's quite funny because just it literally just come to my head um We've we've a couple of me and my friends and colleagues have kind of come up with that what you call a collective of like roadies, <laughs> uh, and we've decided it's called a moan because <laughs> we, as people, we love to moan. Like you know, it could be the best day ever, and we'll still moan. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, uh, the first gig we go back, we'll all be moaning. Uh, yeah. We'll be moaning that we're tired. We'll be moaning that this that it's the other. You know, I've been told to move that light and trust four times now. You know, nothing's good enough. You know, I think that's probably my th- my thing. You know, we all will be back moaning eventually. Uh, yeah. We'll be back out there, you know, getting to tour around, getting to do, you know, those gigs that change, mm. change mm. people's lives, make amazing memories. You know, this, it's just, we've just got to get through this time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, fingers crossed the work, like the work that Plaza's doing, the work that um, all these kind of company bosses, managers, because I've got to say, I am probably one of the luckiest people out there for the company I work for Adlib, work for Adlib, Andy Doc, uh, Andy Doherty, sorry, I should yeah. say his full name, um, is, is RMD, and he's been honestly amazing throughout this whole, the whole thing. He's, he's really fighting 
um you know the one thing he hate like he'd never want to be a politician but realistically he's having to be like we're in this position where we're having to really just go to the government and be like you know really can we just have just a little bit of help now yeah and just just to get us through and then you know we'll be back to like the world leading because we are in this country like the theater for everything we are world leading i think that gets forgotten about a lot of the time like you know um, but yeah, you know, we will be back. You know, when it does come back, we'll all be knackered again. We'll all be tired. Well, we'll I, all be, I, we'll I think be that, that that can be a kind of bonus because everyone is sick of watching box sets and oh, TV yeah, exactly. and, and yeah, everything. Yeah. So it could be that the doors are open and everyone and kind goes, of uh, yeah. yeah, I think you know yeah. goes back. I think I think it's going to be depend on the age range as well. Actually, mm. when we do go Why'd back. Why do you say that? Um, I think I was saying obviously it varies in age ranges I in think that. 50s are meant to self-isolate yeah. <laughs> you're not meant to be here <laughs> yeah, you're too old sorry carry on you know there's going to be like you put certain gigs on people are going to be there yeah you know um, and like you know we're like that we're certain like as a company that you know once it does go off it's going to be mental like we will it'll get back fairly quickly mm. I think personally like um, well, I think people might value the art scene because they've missed it as well. Yeah. So it's that classic thing of you don't know what it's you've got until it's gone. And like hopefully oh. in like the kind of theatre world, like it'll bring new people into it. Oh because yeah. Because it's going to be like it'll be something new for everyone. Kind mm. of you know like you know getting back to it and seeing it. I know I've seen something going around on Facebook at the minute. I don't know if you've seen it, where it's like you know the fifty percent off Monday to Wednesday the mm. eat out scheme oh, yes, the government. Absolutely. Why don't oh, we yeah. do it for theatres? Yeah, oh, yeah, bring so, yeah, yeah, you bring yeah, so yeah, much yeah. new yeah. people in. But um, yeah, thanks, Boris. Please. <laughs> See, I could. I was about to be really political then, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. He's left his high horse outside. No, no, no. Not going to do any. I think that's it. All yeah, right, it, I'd, I'd like to uh, thank David for, yeah. for coming along. Yeah, and I, so I think much. that's really insightful because there's is. loads of stuff that that I didn't know there. Yeah, uh, so so definitely. that's brilliant. Yeah, but um, like like, I, I, like one thing I say is like if if you want any more information, it just go to the Plaza website. I think Plaza. it's Plaza.org. I'm guessing you'll have it in something. We'll, yeah, we'll grab it in somewhere. And yeah. I'm guessing it'll be somewhere because I'm not that well prepared. That I don't know the full website. <laughs> but okay. uh, get them on, get them on Facebook, get them on yeah. Instagram, all the stuff. There's some amazing videos out there. Um, the company I work for, if you go to the YouTube, our YouTube channel, which is AdLib Audio, I think. Or yeah. just type AdLib, um, we make events into yeah. YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing video on. there. Um, yeah, we'll put that, that on our Facebook page if, everyone, if anyone wants to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's a great brilliant. video. It kind of... and. Probably a lot of people, more people who are eloquent than me, a lot more than me. Um, I've put it essentially kind of what I've said, and it really shows you where we are as an industry and what we need, um, and what help we need, and and also it, it has some like some great clips that like really do mm. like it made well made my like when I was there on the Tuesday it made like my hair stand on end. Like it was it was just seeing what we do and like you know we'll get back to it. Yeah. It'll be fine. It's but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Thank you. So thank you so much. Can I just? I've just got one final mm-hmm. question for okay. David. Oh, go on. Uh, why is it that you think that oh mum God. and dad prefer me over? Oh, <laughs> we we knew just, we knew this would there. raise oh, its ugly head. Yeah. Here I am being like. First so who's born, the favourite? First born, I'm it's the favourite. You're the favourite. No, it's definitely me. So I'm the favourite. <laughs> would be me because I'm the youngest. No, yeah. but I'm the oldest. Right, I was right. I know it's time to close now. <laughs> um, so what what I want to say before we close as well is um, we want this to be a participatory podcast. So if you've got ideas, then 
uh, please like look on our website uh, likeminded.co.uk and uh, check the link there please email us tell us your suggestions about future guests and what what you want us to do in the podcast uh, if you if you do go to likeminded.co.uk you end up on some really weird website it's likemindedproductions.co.uk oh really <laughs> really Bob yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I'm actually going to t- uh, track the other one yeah we're fighting What's with them on Google uh, I'll, I'll leave that up to you fine <laughs> you, you, uh, we're fighting with them on uh, Google search at the moment but we do come out on top if you just type likeminded in so thanks very much for our guest today and please join us in the next podcast we want this to be a participatory uh, event so if you've got ideas please look at our website it's likemindedproductions.co.uk and there's a link there for uh, uh, to to email us Uh, Caitlin thank you very much and I will see you next time thank you Bob yes (laughs) see you next time alright join us again thank you bye now Competition time now. You could be in with a chance of winning a two-night stay in a luxury holiday home in the Lake District. All you have to do to enter is subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and go to our Facebook page and share our pinned post. The winner will be announced at the end of episode two on the 20th of September and the competition closes on Monday the 14th of September. Good luck. Good luck.